It's really hard when something difficult like a call from the police or a dangerous incident occurs. It's really hard not to go into a panic. So I like to use a swap of this isn't as urgent as it feels so that my brain has a moment to just remember that I do have tools and resources and supports. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at CalmTheChaosPodcast.com. Raising teenagers has never been for the faint at heart. However, when you add in the different struggles of modern society and the availability of electronics and all the things that our kids are exposed to, and then you also add in the stressors of growing up in today's world, raising teenagers can be downright just difficult and hard to navigate. And that is why I'm so excited about today's podcast episode, because I've got a special guest all the way from Australia, and she is here in studio. I'm going to be talking to Danielle, and she is a mom of three teenagers. Is that correct? Three, yes. Three teenagers. So, um, Danielle, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and these teenagers that you are raising. (laughs) Thanks, Dana. Okay, so we live in Australia. Um, My husband and I, we have three kids who are currently 13, 16, and 19. I can't believe that, actually. So, yes, they're all all three of them are teenagers at once, which I don't think I realized was going to happen when we embarked on this journey. And we have a, a boy, the eldest is a boy, and then there are two girls, and um, they're all completely individuals. Like you couldn't have chosen three more different kids if you had tried. So it is quite interesting, and my husband and I are quite different as well. So all together we're a full house of very individuals. <laughs> and when you first joined Calm the Chaos, you joined mostly for your oldest. Is that correct? Yeah, he was 15 and um, we were in a really bad place as a family, um, really disconnected. And it was my lifeline when I finally found Calm Chaos. Okay. So, and at this point, I mean, now that's been four years. And so you have really experienced between being, you know, navigating your own family situations with your teenagers and then also being a coach in our program, you have really navigated a lot of different teen struggles. Yes, I've had a lot of opportunity. You have had a lot of opportunity (laughs) to test the framework on teenagers and with the struggles that we go through. So can you kind of talk about some of the things that you've navigated, just kind of list off So that if someone's listening, they can figure out if this is going to help them. Yeah. So, okay, 
really bad behaviour at school where the kid is uh, suspended more times than they are actually in school, drugs, uh, sex, dangerous behaviour with weapons, really kind of scary emotional like mental health problems such as self-harm and suicidal ideation, anxiety attacks, uh, kids wanting to get piercings and tattoos. And And you don't like those. No, I'm not a great fan, (laughs) I must admit. Danielle does not want me to get a tattoo. We were talking about a tattoo that I'm really excited about. So you guys are going to have to let me know if you're for or against tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) Really hurtful, navigating hurtful friend relationships, boyfriend and girlfriend situations that got, you know, really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. We've, we've experienced quite yeah. a few things. And one of the things we were talking <clears throat> about, we went took a little road trip this last weekend, and one of the things that we were talking about is how no one really talks about these things, especially when we get to the teenage years. And you were you want to talk a little bit about what we were talking about with that? You were kind of um, sharing some of your frustrations with the fact that when you're going through this, it feels like you're all alone. And that's one of the things that I have found has been the lifeline for me with the Karma Chaos community is that in my real 3D life for a very long time, I felt like I couldn't reveal how bad things were because Mm. it felt like no one else was going through that and it was embarrassing and I felt like a failure, like what was I doing wrong that my kids were experiencing these things. Yeah. And, and so I felt like I didn't have anyone to reach out to who could just say, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I totally feel that. And we were talking about how when I was in Kenya and I was sitting around the table and there were like these six mamas and they were like, oh, and your kid just graduated and you must be so proud. And I was afraid to even share Like, yeah, they graduated, but, you know, your next question is going to ask, what are they doing? How are they doing? And I felt so worried about sharing. And the minute that I did share, though, it was like, me too, me too, me too. And um, I think if you're listening to this and you're struggling with your teenager, I think just realizing that you're not alone is such an important first step. Because we're generally so busy, um, those real life connections are few and far between these days and particularly as our kids get older we're not as involved in like play dates and we're not interacting as much with our Mm -hmm. kids parents so some of the ways we we get our information about what's going on in other people's families is is you know the Pinterest perfect the social media it's what people post it's like certificates and awards and milestones and those sorts of things that they want to celebrate And that can leave us feeling like, oh, is no one else going through these hard things Mm -hmm. as well? Is this only what's on documentaries of, you know, you know, deadbeat kids or delinquent kids or, you know, families that are not like us? Uh, So it, it can feel really hard. Yeah. And so you've navigated a lot of these challenges. And when it comes down to it, 
when I was asking you to kind of share some plans before we started talking, you said most of the plans are kind of the same. They all follow the Calm the Chaos framework. Yeah. So for those of you that don't remember, our Calm the Chaos framework is you connect, understand, empower. Learn more about that in our book, calmthechaosbook.com. Whoop, whoop, the book is out. Yes. And you also can head over to Calm the Chaos podcast and start listening to one of the very first podcasts that we ever put out. We talk about the framework and the roadmap. And so can you share, kind of let's walk through what a plan looks like, especially for these really big, like, oh my God, my kid just did this thing. Um, You know, my kid just, I just got a call from the police station or my kid just took a joy ride in the family car and they're only 13. Or, you know, my, my kid is experimenting with drugs or my kid is refusing to do schoolwork or go to school. Um, when you find out about these big things, that's kind of the plan we're going to be talking about today, right? Yeah. As I mentioned, it's generally what I have figured out is that I do the same kind of steps each time um, and they work and that makes my brain feel safe and um, allows it to start opening up again and get out of FFF, out of that stress response. Mm -hmm. Real fast, let me explain for FFF, that is just fight, flight, freeze. Also fawn, that is that stress response that our body goes through, our nervous system goes through um, when it senses danger, whether it's real or perceived. Yeah, so that's that really holy cow moment when (laughs) um, you get the news or you discover that your teen is doing something or something occurs And you literally freak out. Mm -hmm. Um, Your brain goes into this stress mode and it's really hard to remember um, and to behave in the way that you could plan to prior to this happening. Um, And so you're more likely to be really reactive and then maybe after the moment kind of go, whoa, what was I thinking there? Like how was that going to work out? Mm -hmm. As I'm saying the UQ, what I actually do, it's building new pathways in my brain, making me feel safer so that I can relax into it each time. Walk us through the U piece. The U piece is that mindset, that really important shift that we have to make, and then that ability to remain calm or ground ourselves. So what are you doing when you get this new news or something really difficult happens with your teenager? Yeah, so it's going back to the basics of karma chaos, which the very first thing that I always try to remember is stop, breathe, anchor. Um, I have to pause before I react. The stopping allows me the space to remember what my anchor is. And the one I like to use with my teens particularly is of that curious little four-year-old where everything is so exciting, they're into exploring everything, they're asking the questions. They don't know about morality. They don't know about the social norms. There's no evil behind it. There's no, like, them trying to do something to you. They are just really curious about the world. So I try to imagine my child, um, how they were then, um, because really that is what, you know, developmentally, that's what teenagers are yeah, supposed exploring. to do. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pushing, they are pushing boundaries um, and they're trying to figure out who they are and how the world works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also do uh, what we call a thought swap. 
Yeah, so it's it's really hard when um, something difficult like, you know, a call from the police or a danger, dangerous incident occurs, it's really hard not to go into a panic and catastrophize and think, oh, this is like imagine what it's going to mean when they're an adult or what consequence is going to happen because of this action. So I like to use a swap of this isn't as urgent as it feels um, so that my brain has a moment to just remember that I do have tools and resources and supports that can help me to get through this. So you use that even if you're dealing with something really severe like they've been caught using drugs or they skipped school or they a police call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because I can hear some kind of pushback from people saying, but it is urgent or it is dangerous. What do you mean you're telling yourself it's not urgent? So um, can you just explain it just a little bit yeah. for people that might um, kind of have some hesitancy to that? Yeah. So yes, absolutely. It's real world. It is uh, important. And when you're dealing with your brain though, like even in a storm, even in an actual emergency. So I'm thinking of like, I don't know why, a bank robbery. Like <laughs> That's what's coming to if mind. You, if I, like, I just thought of a movie that I'd seen recently about a bank robbery. If you kind of jump into action, you could do something really stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, you do need that couple of seconds pause, even though mm -hmm. your brain feels like it doesn't have a couple of seconds you actually do. Mm -hmm. um, and that is enough for your brain to be disarmed and then you can start proceeding with the plan in place. Mm -hmm. Like I like to think of when I worked in, uh, you know, various corporate jobs that I've had where they have like emergency procedures next to the phone, everything is just spelt out really simply and kind of when you read it and you're calm, you kind of think, well, duh, like that... <laughs> But when you're in a panic, your brain can literally not remember those right, steps. Right. And so I think you do, even though, yes, it's urgent, yes, it's important, yes, it's worrying, yes, it really sucks, um, if you do take that couple of seconds just to stop, breathe and anchor, mm -hmm. tell your brain that it's okay, you've got these tools that you can then implement, you will be better off. Okay. I love that. Dana here, and guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. Now, let's go into the second part of the plan, which is about connection. And that looks very different when we're talking about teenagers than when we're talking about toddlers or five-year-olds or 10-year-olds. So talk to me a little bit about how we add connection, especially with teenagers who we might already have some resentment towards or we might already be really frustrated with because it's been building and and. Let's be honest, they're shutting us out. They're staying in their room. They're hiding away and they don't want to talk to us. So how do we connect? Yeah, with teens, it can feel a lot harder to connect. And uh, when my eldest was uh, 
when when I first found Karma Chaos, he was 15 and we had already had many years of being disconnected. Mm. So I can speak to, you know, it does take a little longer when the child is older um, to regain that connection, but it is super important like and super worthwhile to make the effort to do it, even though it feels like you're, you know, treading water, it's you're, that you're not making any movements. Um, it's those little moments mm. of connecting with your eyes, connecting with a little bit of touch, like just t- touching them on the shoulder, sending them a text message, things like that that can make all the difference um, that have nothing to do with disciplining them, with the things that they're doing wrong, um, the chores that they're not doing, the trouble they're getting into at school, just as, you know, normal humans, those moments of connection Mm -hmm. will really add up. But when uh, you've had an incident that's really scary with a teen Mm -hmm. and you need to try and rebuild that connection, I really think it's about giving them, like, the space and time to respond um, or to to just to just be there with them like in silence rather than demanding that they tell you what were you thinking like who was there like what were you doing like asking that like the Mm. third degree as it were so that they have space to be able to open up to you if they're going to do that Mm. yeah okay can you think of like an example of any time recently where something has happened with one of your teenagers and you had to kind of implement this connection in the moment. Yeah, we we have incidents all the time, unfortunately. Um, Same here. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're not pretending we don't either. Yeah, there was an incident with uh, one of my other with one of my daughters um, that was like it really shook me because I have spent the last four years really focusing on connection and I kind of read it as an abuse of my trust and Mm. um and I really did have to catch myself and go back to like the thought swaps and the anchor I needed a new anchor because it just wasn't working anymore um, which is an interesting thing in itself to have mm. to go back and and revise the things that you know have worked in the past. Sometimes you need to up level. There were some smells coming from the bedroom that I recognised as um, drugs, and I was like, "Oh wow! I th- I thought we had you know kind of an understanding here about this. Um, we've dealt with this a couple of times previously with another child. I really had to go back and, you know, find a different anchor. I needed to stop and breathe and check my body language. I needed to check how my voice was coming across. And um, So you didn't use mom voice? I did. I, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I, I really tried not to. <laughs> It's so ingrained in us, though, and that we're like taught by so many people that that's what we should do, that we have to be this strong presence and we have to, especially with our teenagers, we have to teach them who's in charge and we have to, you know, 
hold that space for them in a very strong, secure way. And so we think we have to do mom voice and we have to go, this is not allowed here and I won't allow this. So um, so you're saying that is not what you did. You had to, you that was your tendency, but you had to pull back and try a different way. Yeah, I, I did try a different way and it actually worked out really well, um, but I, it was hard to do in the moment. Okay, so at this point, we have kind of grounded ourselves. We've uh, swapped our own thoughts. We're also then focusing on connection both in and out of the moment. Um, Let's take it to the next part of the plan, which is the understanding piece. Um, Can you walk us through when there's these big, scary things happening? What are some of the pieces you're looking at for understanding of the teenager? Yeah, so automatically I use, uh, you know, the CTC tool of the behavior funnel and, you know, iceberg theory about looking at what could possibly be under the surface. Um, Because just even knowing myself and my own behavior, um, there's usually a multitude of factors contributing to why I am doing what I'm doing and not showing up how I want to show up. So there are those two things, but I also, in particular reference to teenagers, will try to picture myself at their age Mm. because, you know, most of us have had some interesting experiences ourselves and it can be very easy to jump, you know, like we are the parent and um, it is our role to protect them from, you know, getting in trouble and from you know, ruining their lives and all of those sorts of things by enforcing Mm -hmm. rules and um, boundaries and things like that. But if I take a moment to stop and think, okay, what was I doing at their age? Mm -hmm. How did it feel? What was going on in my head? How were my interactions with my friends? Um, Those sorts of things I can approach the situation with more curiosity rather than jumping in in a panic trying to um, fix it to save the situation save our family's name our reputation those sorts of things um, which doesn't you know when your brain is in that mode it's hard to use the tools that are going to allow the connections to keep building, to Mm -hmm. allow the problem-solving skills to happen um, as we would want to rather than just jumping in with fear tactics of, like, you must comply to this or else. So, yeah. What were a couple of the things that you unraveled or discovered were behind a couple of the struggles? With all of my kids, um, and I am presuming it's similar for a lot of kids these days, is that it's very um, hard for them to know how to navigate their friendships and what is going on in school with romance issues. (laughs) There are, you know, all sorts of power struggles going on amongst the friendships A lot of their friends are dealing with difficult situations with their parents and their exposure to 
all the things on social media makes it a very confusing time for them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that's just one, that's one aspect Mm -hmm. of what's going on for them, feeling disconnected and out of Mm -hmm. control and not knowing what they should be doing Mm -hmm. um, is something that's always under the surface for them. Um, And then specifically in like in particular details, you know, there could be little incidents that have happened that have made them feel off. Um, And just like I know when I'm tired or I'm feeling slightly unwell or I've one a piece of my clothing is irritate has been irritating me all day. It like it really gets to me, and I do silly things, and I do things <laughs> that I didn't I didn't want to behave like that, um, or speak to someone in a particular tone. So it, it's all very interesting to use the tools of the the funnel and the iceberg to to see what is under mm. the surface. I think that's really helpful, especially thinking about how some of the behaviors we see from teenagers, especially the really challenging things, are because they're seeking out some way to control something in their life. They're trying to have some semblance of, I'm in control here and I am able to take take um, take action here and it's not always the healthiest way. But that's a good way to kind of have empathy for what they're doing and what they're going through and a way to stay curious if we see it that way instead of, oh, you're just trying to go around me. You're just trying to manipulate me. You're trying to get your own way. By looking at it this way, you really do open up the lines of communication, I think. Yeah, and I think another way of looking at it to make it relevant for parents is like in the workplace, like how many situations do you encounter with your work colleagues or in your friendship groups or even in your extended family, like your in-laws or you know, those sorts of relationships where there are really weird dynamics going on and it makes you feel a bit crazy and you want to control the situation because you feel like other people are manipulating you or things like that. So it can be very um, helpful to really just dig into um, what else could be going on Mm -hmm. for them rather than just the surface level of what they've actually mm-hmm. done in that incident. That's so helpful. All right, so we'll take us to the last part of the plan, which is empowerment. Um, when we're talking about teenagers, I know so often parents want to jump in and they want to ground them. They want to take away their privileges. They want to set up um, maybe those like, Um, systems where we watch everything they do on their electronics and we really want to take the control back as the parent. Um, But what are some, so what is your action step here for the empowerment piece when you're dealing with one of these really challenging situations? Yeah. So because um, I have developed this um, connection with all of my kids now, it's it's a lot easier. Um, but knowing that you can, you do have an option to just ask them how they would like you to help them mm. fix this. Um, rather than having the attitude of, I've got all of this life experience, I am the parent, I know how things should go, Um, and directing them as to what they should do to fix it or to make it right. I like to give them that space. And sometimes they don't 
like they don't always take it up, but it's the offer that mm. I think allows their brain to go into a safer place that mm. comes out of stress so that they're not as defensive, they're not then reactive to me. Like this is hard. Like I know I've I've been in a similar situation and opening up and mm-hmm. and sharing with them an incident that happened to me when I was their age can really help disarm that situation and then give them space to actually say what it is they need from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can work together. Yes, they will probably ask for my advice. Yes, they will probably say, well, I don't know, like, like, duh. But um, giving them that opportunity um, can also help you to dig even more in to figuring out what's really going on because mm-hmm. sometimes there's like a 100 layers to these things. Mm-hmm. And if you give them that space to feel like they have a little bit of control, they have a little bit of say, um, it can it can go miles mm-hmm. in terms of your relationship and figuring out how to make this better mm-hmm. and also help the next time that you're in a difficult situation with mm-hmm. them, they will be able to come with you, come to you and feel like, you're a partner in solving this rather than the enemy. Mm, I love that so much. So you've been, like we said, you've been doing this for four years now, navigating teenager situations and also now coaching um, in our Calm the Chaos program. And so what what is life like now? You said it was really disconnected and there were all sorts of big challenges going on and it was kind of tearing your family apart. What is what is happening now? What's it made possible? Four years ago, I would say none of the members of our family ever wanted to be around each other. We were, you know, it was real chaos. There were slamming doors. There was yelling. Every interaction that we had was kind of like gruffs and grunts and mm-hmm. did not want to be around each other. Now we are really comfortable um, in in the same space together. We trust each other. We know that each other has their back um, and that we are a family team, which is so, it's like the warmest feeling. Um, And it's not a feeling that I thought I would have four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It's amazing. Um, Just some of the things that my kids have been able to do Um, that I didn't think would be possible was, you know, my eldest graduated high school. Um, It was in a different way to what I imagined. Um, But like everything, I have come to find out that he's blazing his own pathway. He's a pioneer. So he has the option to go to university, which is kind of like I realised it was my dream. It's not necessarily his dream. He can do that if he wants to. He's exploring all sorts of things. He took six months and travelled around Europe all, all by himself. He has had held down jobs and ex- he's trying different things to see what he wants to do with his life. He's bought his own car. He's fixing it up. He's making new friends. He, you know, he's dealing with 
uh, real life things like getting insurance and <laughs> calling up and dealing with paperwork things and all those sorts of things that we think, oh my goodness, is my kid going to survive um, in the real world? And he um, has now the confidence and the skills to ask questions of of adults like strangers and get the answers he needs, make a decision and move forward how he wants to, mm. which is amazing. It is amazing. And if a parent is listening to this right now and they're in the trenches and they're really worried about their relationship with their teenager, they're worried about the future of their teenager, and you only had just a couple of minutes to talk to this parent of a teenager what is one thing you think they need to hear right now? My advice would be that even though it feels like you have completely run out of time, you do have time like, and it's going to be okay. The, the more you can um, give yourself permission to just be with them and to be their safe place and to help them and and guide them rather than commandeer them to to lay down the law, the more you can give them that space and um, sense of safety, the problem solving will kind of work itself out. Like your brains will be able to relax enough so that you can find the tools, the resources, the community, the people that are going to help you through it. Um, but you you do have time. You just need to relax into it a little bit, mm. breathe into it. Yeah. yeah. I love everything that you have shared here. I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, that you know that you're not alone, that you've heard some things that Danielle has shared, that I've shared. Um, and this is just the beginning of us talking about teens. I mean, we did kind of a super high flyby of like all the teen struggles possible in one episode. And I know we have some experts that are going to be sharing um, how to navigate uh, puberty and how to navigate some of these challenges we talked about. And we also have some more guests coming on who have applied the Calm the Chaos framework to teenagers and so if you have a specific question about teenagers, do not hesitate to, um, you know, drop a message, put a comment um, on the YouTube or on social, send us a DM and we will respond. We love hearing from you. And if this has resonated with you in any way, I encourage you to head on over to calmthechaosbook.com, uh, grab a copy of the book. It is available. Danielle's story is inside of the book, actually, and we talk about one specific tool that she uses in, um, in the book itself. And it's really adaptable to your unique family, what you're dealing with, whether you're dealing with these big, huge, hairy, scary things that we talked about today, or you're just dealing with everyday parenting struggles. This is a roadmap where you can not feel like you're failing. You can know that your kid is not broken and you can know without a shadow of a doubt, you are no longer alone and there is a path forward. So I just want to remind you that you have got this and I'll see you or talk to you next week on the next episode. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, 
get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.